Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk to a couple of our agents about their experience traveling to Walt Disney World under the new COVID rules. Um, I'm so glad everybody can join us today. And we're joined via Teams, Zoom, Skype. I don't know what we're using. It's too confusing. Somewhere around the internet, uh, agent for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kristen Turner. Hello, everyone. Agent consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining me. Um, So happy to have you here. So happy to have you back safe and sound. (laughs) Just to remind everybody what went on, the end of 2020, uh, Kristen, Tracy, and Stacy Wood all went on a vacation together to Walt Disney World. Something mysteriously happened to Stacy, and we can't find her. <laughs> Probably something to do with Tracy, but we're not sure. Probably. I swear it was not COVID, though. She's fine. <laughs> um, Stacy just couldn't join us for the recording. We do miss her. We wish she could be here, but we wanted to get this recorded out of the way. But, <clears throat> excuse me, the three of them went on a trip together to Walt Disney World. We were going to have them back to talk about their <clears throat> fall vacation and traveling during the fall at Walt Disney World. But since it's now January, probably not a good idea. But I do want to get their input and their feedback of what it was like to travel to Walt Disney World under the COVID rules and regulations, and even traveling in general, navigating the airports, um, cars. uh, I don't know if you use uh, Magical Express or anything like that. So let's get started. I'm going to start with Kristen. Give us an idea of what it was like sort of from maybe from leaving your house and getting to Walt Disney World? Um, so I just, uh, we drove myself to the airport and um, I take a, like a shuttle from the airport or from parking to the airport. Um, everyone was masked and social distancing. They had a limited number on the shuttle. Um, Sorry, I'm having trouble with the controls. <laughs> I was like, oh, can you hear me? I want to make sure I wasn't muted. But, I can uh, definitely hear you, but we couldn't see you. Let's see if I can get you to. No, that's not you either. <laughs> what am I doing wrong here? I'll get it eventually. I love the frustrated look on your face, though, while Kristen was talking. It's like, well, that's what she did. Why are you so mad? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not what I wanted. I'm not sure. Um, but there you are. There we are. Okay. <laughs> Let's pretend none of that happened. (laughs) All right. So basically just from home to the airport was just a normal experience. Um, I had the shuttle that was a little more distance, less people. Um, My airport's not very busy. I fly from Kansas city. So it was easy in and out. Um, uh, At that time, Southwest was not doing uh, metal seats. So I had a, you know, a great flight experience. Um, Nobody um, on in my row either way. So as far as that, um, it was no problems. I didn't ever feel unsafe traveling um, from home or on the airplane. Um, and then I um, I didn't take Magical Express. I did an Uber, which Uber also, we took several times, uh, was doing, was great about um, making sure that everyone had a mask, or that the driver had a mask and that driver, or that passengers had masks as well. So is your uh, ease of travel... Was it made easier because there wasn't kids involved? Oh yeah, that's so. definitely. But I've actually been since um, since I don't want. I mean, I don't want to overtake with my family trip, but I also have that experience too. I um, have been since October with my kids, so um, we actually are going pretty quickly again. So we, um, I definitely think that um, it that the ease. The ease of travel is easier without the kids, but it's actually kind of a little bit easier right now because there's less people and less time in the airport, less security and all of that. Did you say you had a whole row to yourself? I did both, both ways. Wow. Um, so it wasn't full flights. Uh, I think it's a little different now um, than October as far as uh, Southwest isn't doing the uh, middle seat anymore, um, but they were in October and that was nice. So Excellent. All right, let's go. Tracy, tell us about your experience from actually leaving your house and then moving on. So I'm, for those who don't know, I'm in Atlantic Canada. So I'm on the East Coast of Canada and we have our own, what we call Atlantic bubble. So our three provinces, 
um, we can travel, be- we could at that time travel between them without any quarantine or issues. So my flight, um, even though I only booked it about six weeks before we left, was canceled and changed like six or seven times because um, the route kept getting discontinued and then they changed the number of days they were going um, because Canada and U.S. had still extended the border closure. So there were less and less flights. So I actually had to drive to Halifax, which is about two hours from me. So we drove down the day before and got a hotel and we picked one right at the airport. So we wouldn't have to worry about a shuttle in the morning. We could just walk right to our our gate. So that's how we handled it. The airport was quiet. I mean, um, in Canada, I was in Halifax airport and then Toronto airport and both were very social distanced. Everybody's wearing masks. Everything was very controlled. Um, when I landed in Orlando, it was a little less so. <laughs> um, it was a little crazy. So the idea was there. There wasn't a lot of enforcement. But I never felt like I was in a situation that I couldn't get out of. Like I never felt like I was in a crowd or, or you know, that people were surrounding me coughing or anything. So it was never, um, like I never felt at risk. But I definitely noticed a difference to what we were doing in our Canadian airports and what was happening when I got to Orlando. Um, Same thing on the plane. We booked our seats in advance. We don't have Southwest as an option from here. And our flight was not blocking out middle seats. So Chris and I booked uh, window and middle, praying that nobody would book, or I'm sorry, window and aisle, praying that nobody would book the middle. And it worked out for us on both of our flights, both directions. Um, so for the most part, the flights are okay. Our airline did a great job when you got on board. Everybody got a little pack. It was like in a Ziploc and it had an individual bottle of water. It had a snack. It had um, a mask if you needed it. It had hand wipes, sanitizer. Everything was all, everybody got one of those. So it was kind of nice that, and they reduced the amount of uh, service they were doing on board. They still came around, um, but they were a little more careful about what they did. So as far as the flight goes, I felt you know, I, I was very, I'd have to say I was very anxious and apprehensive, especially as the trip got closer. I was very nervous about going. Um, I, like I said, we were in this little bubble here and I was worried about leaving it. Um, so I felt, you know, we got to Orlando. Um, as soon as I got through the airport, we had to get our bags because Magical Express is not picking up bags. And I did decide to do Magical Express. My idea was the quickest I can get to the Disney bubble, the more comfortable I would feel. And so I did that. So we went down to Magical Express. There was a line, a long, long line, but it moved very fast. And it was kind of the beginning of realizing that queues um, appeared longer than they were. And that was with the social distancing part of it. Everybody being, you know, a few feet apart, it just made everything look longer and more spread out. It didn't take very long, probably 20 minutes. We were on a bus. Um, They had reduced the number of people on the bus. They were only dropping off at our resort. We stayed at Pop Century for this stay. Um, they also, when you were boarding the bus, they gave you a row number of where to sit. So they were staggering. So there weren't anybody's, there wasn't anybody sitting directly across from us on the bus. They had the rows staggered. So the bus wasn't full either. It was capacity controlled. Um, so I thought they did a fantastic job. Um, did you have so any extra hoops you had to go through coming from Canada? Was there anything? No, no, because uh, what's happening is the U S allows us in by air. We just can't cross by land. So flying in, there was no issues, just normal, you know, security and custom stuff. Coming back, um, coming into Canada, there was a lot more questions. There were, you know, we were questioned when we first got to Toronto. Then again, when we got to Moncton, where I live, um, we had to quarantine for two weeks when we got home and they followed up. They had our contact information. They called. We had peace officers making visits. Uh, We had calls from public health to make sure we were quarantining. One day I missed a phone call. So the next day the RCMP showed up. So they meant it. Like this wasn't a, this wasn't a, you know, an, a quarantine. This was the real deal. <laughs> Cause we had one agent talk about um, she flew from Florida to New York state. Hmm. And she mentioned the fact that she had to sign a paper that she would quarantine, but nobody talked to her. Nobody yeah. cared. Nobody followed up. I guess we're on the honor system for your flights for either of you for your flights. Did they do a temperature check? Before, no. after, during? Uh-uh. Nope. No. No. Okay. They did a questionnaire. They asked when you checked in if you had symptoms and if you've been around anybody and blah, blah. So they had done all that, but there was no temperature check in either 
Um, they, and I don't recall, to tell you the truth, from my Disney experience if they did one or not. The whole week that we were there just seemed like a series of temperature checks. Yeah. Well, I don't remember exactly when it started. <laughs> so let's talk about arrival now. Did you guys all arrive at the same time? Or no. We were all over the place. And we also uh, met uh, Beth Zada there and her daughter Mel. And Carrie came and joined us. So we were a nice little gang. <laughs> now, Kristen and Stacy, you stayed in a room together. Tracy did not. She stayed with Chris in a separate room. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different show we talk about. <laughs> yeah. No. Chris and I stayed in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Tell me now. Um, so talk about resort check-in, resort stay, things like that. Chris, I'll start with you. So Disney is really encouraging the online check-in. So I definitely did that. I had a room ready before I even got to the resort. So I had a room number. Um, I actually went to the food court and uh, met Tracy there first and went and actually asked uh, to change our room because we weren't as close to her as we wanted to be. Um, So I ended up going to the front desk anyway. Um, Are you sure she wanted you to move closer? (laughs) I did. I did. There was a separate room, so it was okay. (laughs) Yes. And so I uh, ended up going to the front desk. But online check-in is a breeze, and that's what they're recommending if you don't want to to eliminate having to go to the front desk. Um, And I ended up going anyway, but it would have worked out if not. But uh, so that's another thing. We had requested that to be near each other and still weren't. So that just kind of tells you um, about the uh, room requests. You don't always get them, but they accommodated that really easily. Um, it was not crowded at the front desk at all. They social distance there. And um, I got my, our room changed. And then when we went in, they had all of the um, cleaning things that they do. They have your they, sh- they actually have a little card that tells you what they do. Maybe Tracy will remember exactly what they have. Did they have our, our remotes in a bag? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They they um, have, you know, a special checklist of things that they are doing to the room to help um, with the cleaning and sanitizing. I know that the um, shampoos and stuff in the shower were all, you know, had like plastic on them to remove. What else was there? Tracy, what do you remember there being? Like she said, the remotes in the bag, um, the the things in the shower were all wrapped, so you knew that they were cleaned prior to being wrapped. Um, they mentioned things like they had disinfected all of the surfaces. Um, it's it was I've never walked into a room that felt so clean. <laughs> so it was really nice to it, for me especially. There's some things about COVID that I hope stay. <laughs> Yes. I wish that the no metal seat would stay around longer. That was the best part um, and on the airplane, but it's already gone, unfortunately. <laughs> so so there are, um, there are discussions out there with the remote in the bag. Are you supposed to leave the remote in the bag and use it? Or are you supposed to take the remote out because it's been sanitized? I think you take it out and then they clean it before the next people come and put it in a new bag. That's so. what I did anyway. You have such now, now, not that I don't trust them, but I also wiped down everything myself. <laughs> we had a, I had a whole Rubbermaid container of wipes and sanitizer and extra masks, and we were we were very prepared. <laughs> Hazmat suits, <Yeah>. filters. <laughs> so, in general, it sounds like the resort felt safe. Yes, the flight felt safe. Magical Express felt safe. This was not any concern of. You know, I'm I might be exposed to something or anything like that on either of your parts. No, I never felt any different than I did going out to my local like grocery store or shopping center. And like I said, Chris and I were both very nervous. We both, and I think we were probably extra careful. You know, like we didn't eat a meal on the plane. We you know we ate before, so we were extra careful. But I never felt like you know, there there was the drunk guy on my flight on the way home, my last flight. Part of me, they kept having to argue with to put his mask back on because he was drunk. But other than that, there were no issues. And I think you're looking at two op- two sides of the spectrum here because I think Kristen is definitely a lot more casual 
about a lot of this than I am. And it's no surprise that I'd be the one that's more anxious just because I was anxious before this happened about, you know, germs and things like that. So, you know, the fact that, you know, both of us felt like that stuff, like I never, I never had a concern. And um, once I was inside the Disney bubble, Chris and I actually stayed for 11 nights. We figured we had a quarantine when we got home, so we were going to make the most out of it. And Kristen, how long did you stay? We were there four nights. Um, and then I went over to Universal, too. So Did Tracy tell you she was staying longer, or was this kind of a, <laughs> yeah, we're going to stay four nights. She, wow. wanted, <laughs> she wanted to get rid of us. We were <laughs> Tracy and Chris are empty nesters, so we don't have kids to go home to. <laughs> yeah, I had to get home, unfortunately. We just have parents that we had to get home to, and they, could, they were fine. <laughs> so let's talk about the park experience. What did you guys find about the park experience with their precautions? And uh, I assume you all made park reservations before you left. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No problems with all of you being in the same park at the same time? Mm-mm. Nope. We made them all in advance. Um, travel agents are the worst at booking or planning their own trips. Every once in a while, we have to have Beth Sada come in and clean it all up for us. <laughs> we're the worst like we're like you know a couple weeks we're like we haven't done that yet and what about this and we must have changed we probably changed our days several times and we had no issues with availability we were all able now we're all also all linked on my disney experience so we were able to you know get what we want to be where we wanted at the same time and then as far as like going into the parks uh we used um gondola transportation and bus transportation and all those felt um social distance uh the buses you know they are putting a lot less people on there but i do say they had they were loading those buses way more buses than typical just because you can't get near as many people on so they were loading those you know you have a special spot where you sit you're numbered off uh, with your group um, the lines to get on the bus were socially distanced. Um, and so transportation to and from the parks was uh, a breeze and felt safe. Um, I love the gondola. It's our, it's my new favorite. I actually have always been so pro monorail, but the Skyliner is my, is my new favorite transportation. So with the buses, are they loading from back to front? Like if you get, if you're the first person in line, you go to the back of the bus. That's well. what you know. And they were also allowing this time, sometimes they would use the side doors to get people in. Um, so they were really, you know, the bus driver was really managing all of that. It wasn't just a free-for-all. Um, I, I had the scooter as well, so I would have to load that onto a bus. And they were really good about, you know, making sure that, you know, Chris was in a group near me or we were sitting. And so it was so well done. Now, I know by the time we went, they had time to, they've been working it for a while. So I'm sure early reports, people were, you know, probably, you know, having some issues. But like Kristen said, these buses were coming one after another after another. Like, I don't think we, I, I felt like it was the best bus transportation we'd had in a long time for any trip. Yeah, but I think the fact that you guys did go after the quote unquote kinks were worked out is good for people traveling now and in the future. Because yeah. they're able to see that this isn't the experimental stage anymore. This is Disney doing what they plan, they're planning and doing and will do going forward. So that's all really good to know. The gondola was awesome. I apologize. The uh, Skyliner, they always, they were putting just, um, you know, just your party in one. So, you know, they were making sure everybody was distanced that way. And uh, as far as, you know, transportation, whatever transportation we used, I felt fine everywhere i also liked going into the park now they've changed the way they do security so they're not um hand searching your bag you can take your bag through the x-ray detector which is so much faster that has to stay around i'm, I'm yes. sure i don't know if they just didn't ever want to spend the money or what what it was but that those have to stay that is the best mm-hmm. i agree we, we experienced that as well it makes it so much faster to go through there was only one point where someone wanted to look at something in one of Kevin's bags. Yep. And even that, because not everyone's being checked, it's so much faster to go through. Yeah. So uh, umbrellas, they ask you to take your umbrellas out and then battery packs. I got stopped with a, a large, like external battery. Um, so that one can get you stopped. But other than that, it's a breeze. Excellent. Tell me about the parks you went to. All of them. Wait. Uh, <laughs> 
You went to all of them. Oh yeah, you guys. Missed. We didn't go to Animal Kingdom. That's right? right. Yeah, but other than that, Tracy yeah. went to all. And we went to the re- the other three, and we were back in the get into the park before for Rise of the Resistance, but that's a whole different way of doing it now, which I just experienced in the beginning of December, which was awesome. Not having to be in the park when you get Rise of the Resistance mm-hmm. makes it so much easier. Um, you and did then, it from your resort? Yes, did it straight from, right from our resort. And where were you staying? I was at Caribbean Beach. Okay. So, and I did it right from the resort. Um, we did it back when in October. We did it the other way where you had to be in the park, and that created lots of people trying to be there at the same time, created large crowds it, before at the gondola system, you know, trying to get into the park. So this is just, it's perfect the way they're doing it now, where you can do it as long as you have a park reservation or Hollywood Studios that day, you can do it from anywhere. Heck, you can do it from three hours away. Um, so it's really nice. Did you by any chance experience the second boarding group option? I've never done it that yeah, way. So the next time you go, you'll see that? Yeah. Because I like to know how that's working. Our guys are saying it's working great, but, you know, we have a different perspective when you live here as opposed to being someone who visits. What else about the parks? What was, you know, uh, the overall experience, what worked, what didn't work? They were doing temperature checks um, before you went in. Uh, that would very quickly. Um, they actually had 10 set up where it was, um, I don't know if it was like, I forget the network advent, I think. Advent. And they had it sponsored. I was like, they sold this. That's perfect. Yes, exactly. It's exactly it's true. Disney, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So proud that Disney is still Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so they were doing temperature checks and then they had a secondary if you had a temperature issue. Luckily, none of us did. Um, not even when we were hot and sweaty, we didn't. So we were good. Um, once we were inside, masks were everywhere. There was people reminding people, to, you know, cast members were reminding you, telling you to pull it up, telling you to wear it properly if it was an issue. Um, Chris got told to put his on. We were walking in Epcot, and he was drinking while he was walking and didn't realize. So what they ask you to do is pull aside, take your drink, eat, do what you're doing, and then put your mask back on and walk. Um, the lines, again, the cues, we mentioned that they, you know, appeared really long. All of them, I would say, except for the railway, Mickey's Railway, Runaway, Going to Get a Train, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> that one that one was pretty well what was posted. But all of the other ones, you know, if it, 30 minutes was posted, we were on and off in 15 or 20. Okay, I have a question. Yep. Did you take your scooter into Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway? I did. Did you then transfer into the car? I did. Did you go to the special location? To transfer in, or did you go through the regular queue? Regular queue. Okay. What they, they asked if I could walk a bit, so they took me out at, just about at the end of the queue, and I just had to do the last lap of the queue. Gotcha. Because yeah. I'm looking to take Kevin to do it. He hasn't seen that yet, but mm-hmm. he would have trouble getting in. So I was wondering. Yeah, I was able to take my scooter all the way through, and then at that point, if I told them I couldn't walk that last little bit, then they would take me to the special area and have me look. Excellent. Now, since we've been there, they've added the pe- plexiglass between the rows. So my understanding is now that queue was cut in half. Like People yeah. are moving through there much quicker because before you could only have one party in a car. So now with the plexiglass, they're able to increase. You still have just one party to a row. Um, and, you know, in Animal Kingdom at the Safari, they have the plexiglass in between. Um, Rise of the Resistance is doing it now. I think, I think they're finding ways to get more and more people um, through the attractions. And that's helping with the with the lines. I know Kristen's been watching wait times this past week because she's heading there tomorrow or the next day. Tomorrow. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're even seem even better than when we were there. Mm-hmm. The, the wait times right now are really awesome. And I think they're close to capacity. Um, and it was hard to get a Hollywood Studios reservation. Um, so it's even with full park, um, you know, with limited capacity, it's the, the waits aren't bad. Yeah. And I think they're at like 35% now for capacity. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. When we were there, they were saying it was 25. Um, I don't know between 25 and 35 that you'd notice a lot of difference. I have to tell you, there was only one time we were in the Magic Kingdom and behind where it's a small world and it was really crowded, but everybody was moving. So I'm not concerned. If I'm walking by people, we're both menaced. I'm not concerned about that. Um, but I also could have removed myself from that area. So I never felt like I was stuck. 
But what I learned was because I've seen reports that, oh my God, it's so busy. I've seen reports, oh my God, it's so quiet. So I started playing with my camera and I realized I could take a picture to fit whatever narrative I wanted. I could take a picture in one area and make it look like it was Christmas Day in 2019 or another area and make it look like the park was closed. But I'd be standing in this, you know what I mean? So it just seemed like I was never, ever in a situation where I felt, there was a couple of times where I felt this is too more people than I'm comfortable with. I'm going to go a different route. But it was never anywhere where I was with people for any length of time that were too close, unmasked, or I felt uncomfortable. I want to go back to what you said before I think I kind of interrupted you. You said lines showed long wait times, but were much shorter. The, yes. the wait was actually yeah. shorter. Yeah. So the posted wait times in most cases were some, in some cases double what we actually waited. And at, and at the least, we waited like if it was, you know, 60 minutes, we waited like 35, 40. Um, and it, with the exception of the railway, that was pretty dead on. But and we we hit a couple of cleaning cycles. So if you hit yes. a cleaning cycle, that will that will delay it too. And that's what happened with the railway. We were just about to get on, and we hit a cleaning cycle, so they clean all the vehicles. Um, and so that that puts you around behind a little bit, like fifteen minutes or so. Maybe ah, not even that. Probably five, ten minutes. Yeah. Do they let you know in line? Do they say yes. we're cleaning right now? Oh, that's good. Maybe and I was perfectly happy to get in right after a cleaning cycle. Right. I thought I hit the jackpot. <laughs> Well, <laughs> just sterilized. It's like, oh, here comes Tracy Heinrichs, clean. <laughs> I think we hit like three of them. I think so. We hit, we hit a lot. <laughs> but then what happens? They come out and they tell you, listen, we're, we're cleaning now. We'll be back in yeah. five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Or is it Basically, you- and the cast members are there the whole time while it's happening. And at this point, I don't, I don't think they're telling everybody in the queue, but because we were kind of next to go, they had just made an announcement or two. It'll take a few minutes. We're almost done. And then it was just time to go again. What rides were they? We hit it on Tower of Terror, Runaway Railway. And I there was one more. I can't remember which one it was. Was it Rise? Maybe. Might have been Rise. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but they, they make it the announcement usually if you're inside and you can hear the queue. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Speaking of inside, we discovered that a lot of the queues, they're trying to be outside. So like Space Mountain looks really long because the line's outside. But then once you get into the building, there's no way. You go straight on to the ride. So they're trying to make the queues be outside as much as possible, too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's and good. when they were inside, where your little dot was to stop on, they were staggered from like maybe the row next to you. So, you know, people weren't, they were making sure people weren't gathered. It really, like, I cannot believe how well done it was, honestly. I I know. I just think about, like, being in those meetings before, like, how they were just trying to figure out how they were going to do it. I mean, they had no experience, no way, nothing to give them an example. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And there was not one time by the end of the trip um, that I said they could have done A, B, or C better. I couldn't come up with anything. Because they thought of things that I didn't even think of. One struggle I had with the scooter was that all the doors to the shops and stuff were closed. That's unusual. Usually Disney World, everything is open. But there was always a cast member there to shove open the door and and let you in. And a couple times um, we had to wait just because of capacity in the shops as well. But I have to tell you, as somebody traveling with a scooter, this was my best trip. Because everybody was distancing. I didn't feel like people were all over, like, weren't attacking me. Um, They weren't, you know, everybody wasn't so close. I had lots of room to maneuver. If somebody stopped, I had room to stop. I didn't feel like, I'm usually so anxious, worried about that I'm going to run somebody else over. Um, In the queues, I felt comfortable with it where I had it because, again, everybody was stopping at a distance. Um, So it just felt, it was probably one of the better trips I've had in a really long time. And I kept thinking, you know, what if I had to take Ben during this time, like young Ben, how that would have went? And I honestly think it would have been better. I think he would have been better with it, with all of the extra things going on, um, the way the cues were socially distanced, because that was always his problem with waiting. It wasn't necessarily the length of time I could give him a Game Boy or something. It was the fact that every, everybody was towering over him and everybody was bunched in together. That wasn't happening. So I could see so many ways that he actually would probably have had a better trip than some of his others um, with all the things that they were doing. 
Yeah, I've been talking about uh, the spontaneous parades, cavalcades. Oh, yes. So then, like, th- think of that. You didn't have to sit there and wait for him, whatever, or me and any kids, yeah. wait forever for them for a parade and then spend so much time doing that. Those spontaneous, spur of the moment, quick, those are my favorites right now. Yep. I loved it. And, like, the random character appearances. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's, you know, the characters dancing around in the field beside you, or it was just so, it was unexpected, it was random, um, and so many ways, it felt more magical. Yes. So, those things are great as an adult, but what about the kid who wants to see that character? You know, how do you handle that with, you know, I want to see Winnie the Pooh, but we don't know when Winnie the Pooh is going to show up. I think they were still kind of giving you an idea of where, weren't they, Kristen? I mean, you kind of know if you've done your research where to see Winnie the Pooh and Epcot, but you don't know exactly when. Um, It's just kind of, yeah, um, it's just going to be, have to be random at this point Um, and just be lucky. Uh, We actually were in Epcot and didn't see a single cavalcade and, a whole day we were there. We somehow just missed it. And sometimes that happens. So, um, you know, if you're really wanting to see a character and guarantee it, um, they do have the character meals um, where you can, they're social distance. And we did one of those. Um, we could talk about it too. But um, if the, and that's only certain characters, you're not going to see Winnie the Pooh with those because he's not any at any right now. But um, to, there's no way to really guarantee, um, you know, that you're going to see a character. Yeah. Yeah, that's just part of the experience right now. You just, um, and Chris had mentioned that we had done a character breakfast. We did it at um, Topolino's at um, Riviera. Oh my God. It was the best breakfast character meal experience I have had maybe ever at Disney. We loved it. The food was amazing. Mm -hmm. They had the tables nicely distanced. Um, You know, it was good service. And the characters would come around each one at a time and do a little thing to music or dance. And then they would come to each table, but stand back. And then, so you could kind of take a selfie with them over your shoulder or they would pose for pictures. They would stand behind. And again, this would have been perfect for, you know, 11 year old Ben who hated characters because he could see them without the fear of them coming to him. And it was fantastic. I mean, they just kept coming and then it was Minnie and Mickey and Donald. Mm-hmm. Daisy. Daisy. Yep. Yeah. It was a, a, one of the best character meals that we had. Yep. I booked it again. We're going January 1st uh, for um, New Year's Day. So I love it. It's mm-hmm. it. I can't wait to bring my kids. Um, the food was awesome. It's a great view. The characters are cute. The interaction's great. So if you really want to see your chance with Mickey, that's, you know, or, you know, whoever, that is one way to guarantee it and be able to get, um, a good picture. And we have to say, this is a hot ticket. Uh, oh. it's, hard. It's, it's very hard to get. Thanks persistence. Yep. Yeah, it took, us, uh, it took us a bit to get it, but we got it. So let's talk about food in general. Mm-hmm. Did you do any other sit-down meals? We tried, um, what else did we do? Well, Chris and I had done beer garden um, before the girls had gotten there. And it was fantastic because I like the food there. I like the, the German food. Um, it's very, you know, reminiscent of where I, where I used to live in Ontario. So I love the food and everything there. And I'm even okay with the entertainment. But the whole banquet style where you're sitting with strangers and then going up to the buffet, the whole experience isn't my thing. But with this, first of all, they take you to your own table. So you don't have to sit with strangers, which is a big plus in my world. And then they bring the buffet to your table. So basically all the highlights of what is on the buffet, they bring it to the table and serve it to your family stuff. It's like, don't tell Disney, I pay extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was phenomenal. The food was amazing. The band was still playing. But there wasn't all the hoopla and the crazy and all of that. And it was, we loved it. We absolutely loved it. We had this conversation on the Diz Unplugged. I think that buffets will permanently go away. I think so too. I think we've, we've done with that. We've realized we don't want people looking at our food or touching our food before us. But bringing it to the table like this is great. And I bet they have less waste. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Yep. They would have brought you more of anything you wanted, but 
you know, they bring what they bring. It's like, it was fine. What did we else do as a group, Kristen? Trattoria. Oh, yeah. We did Trattoria on the boardwalk. That was pretty good. It was good. We also did the new one down in Disney Springs, the beer, the pub place. Oh, yes. Uh, City Works. City Works. Yeah. We had tried that. It was really good, too. It was good, too. Mm -hmm. What about safety here? What about safety in these indoor dining places? Had no issue. I felt very comfortable. They were doing a lot of the same things that they're doing here at home. So, you know, they weren't leaving, um, you know, salt and pepper shakers on the table. Everything was being brought for the individual. Um, they, we were properly social distanced in nope. the tables. I had a little bit, I had a little bit of a concern because I was eating with these guys who were coming out from all over. So, you know, Chris and I always tried to be kind of at the end of the table and, and stuff like that. But everybody was really great about being extra careful before they came on this trip. Um, just to make sure that I didn't come home with anything I didn't need. Um, Kristen, you started to say something about the meals. What were you saying? Um, you had uh, just that they didn't give you any menus. You had to pull that up on your phone. Um, and then I also wanted to get, take that into uh, mobile ordering. So that's mm-hmm. a huge thing you had to learn. Um, you cannot walk into a quick service location without a mobile order. Um, so you have to mobile order from your phone. Um, and then, so first you, order you choose a time and order then you tell them when you're there then it prepares your meal and then once it says you're ready then you're able to go in to um, places and that's all quick service locations that includes your food court at your resort um, all the places inside the park as well so that was something to really get used to and then like the food court at pop century it also has along with most uh like um retail places they also have an certain entrance and a certain exit. So you can't go in a, in an entrance, you know, vice versa. So that's another thing you have to get used to as well. So. All right. Question about mobile ordering. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, for the most part, we're tech savvy and we know what we're doing. Tracy, what about your parents using mobile ordering? Do you think they could do it? No, absolutely not. They'd starve. <laughs> <laughs> starve no, but what they did do, they had cast members outside and they were able to play. And so I think the cast members would have placed the order for anybody who was having an issue. There were alternatives. So at the outside of every location, there were cast members to help. So I think they either help, would have helped them with their phone or figured out plan B. Um, one thing about the mobile ordering, we learned a trick early on was we started ordering on the bus ride to the park. So we would place our order, decide where we wanted to eat, place our order and pick our time. And then when we were, when it was our time, we would just say, okay, we're here, and they would prepare it. Because what's happening is people wait until they're ready to eat, but you have to pick a time first. So you could be picking it. You might have to wait a half hour when you're ready to eat now. So by doing that, we were able to pick our time ahead and not have to wait. I've heard of people having to wait over an hour because they didn't do that in advance. So I think if we take say, away one- I apologize. You would say you were on the bus. I think we're going to eat at noon. Have lunch at noon, so that's the time you would pick. And it was a range as well, right? Like it might have been like twelve to twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. So did you do at a time? How long do they do? I think it. I, I'm thinking a half hour. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then you would just we would just pick which time we wanted. We'd place, you know, pick what what we wanted, and um, then we'd get a notification around twelve or whatever time it was to say at any time we could check in. And then once we made our way there, we would just hit we're here they prepare it and then you'd get a message on your phone to say, okay, your order's ready. And you'd have to show them that at the door in order to get in. And then they give you a certain number usually to um, like a certain station to go pick up right. your food. And then also um, a one that you want to definitely do that for is Woody's lunchbox, because at Hollywood studios, there's a pretty limited number of quick service locations. Woody's lunchbox is super limited capacity and popular. We just, when we were there a couple weeks ago, they like, we went to do Woody's lunchbox and it was like three hours later. So that one, like, and it was almost done. It was done by the end of the day, like even taking orders, like, you know, three-fourths of the day was over. So that one is definitely one. If you want to do, you've got to do it early. Yeah. Excellent. What else do you want folks to know about traveling at this time? Well, what are the things that maybe I didn't ask you or we didn't cover? Oh, one thing was we found relaxation stations, the relaxation areas. Oh, they were heaven. So like, for example, the one in Epcot was in the Akashash restaurant. And it's because the restaurant's not open. So they put in these relaxation stations where you'd go in. The tables were socially distanced, but you could grab a drink or a snack. 
go in there and sit in the air conditioning and take your mask off. Once you were seated at your table, you could remove your mask. If you were walking around or going to the bathroom, you put your mask back on. Um, there was one in Magic Kingdom. They were using the... Um, Marlin Paris. Yep, that's right. Um, so they were fantastic. I'd say find, find those. And it just gave you that break that you needed because sometimes you just want to take your mask off. Especially in the heat. Yeah. Um, it was still hot when we were there, so it was nice to be able to have that. Um, and as far as mask compliance, it's really great. Like everybody's, um, you, it's probably the best I mean, that I've seen anywhere I've been. Like I've, I go to sporting things for my kids and go to the store or whatever. Um, nobody complains about it. Everybody just does it. It's, it, I don't know how Disney's doing, Disney is doing it when no one else can, <laughs> but for whatever reason, everybody just complies. Here's the deal too. I don't know that everybody believes it when we say this, but Disney has got it right. And I realize people say, well, you're selling Disney and you're going to put a spin on it and all this stuff. We would tell you the truth. Honest, we would. Disney is one of the few companies that have got this right. There are others, um, being in Florida, one I, the other one that comes to mind is public supermarkets. They've got it right too. But Disney really has it so that not only do you feel safe, you are safe there. Yes. So, and then people are, like you said, I was going to ask you that next. Their rules are great, and it's great to have these things in place, but how are the other guests doing? Are people complying with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, and even even if you're accidentally not complying, because I got yelled at by a family. <laughs> I was just on my phone, not paying attention. The line was moving, 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 and it stopped, and I really hadn't paid attention. And I just kept going, and this guy looked at me and was like, you know, you're going to pay attention? I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not purposely meaning to. And then sometimes you all accidentally go into an exit or something just completely by accident. And, you know, the cast member will just let you know. We heard cast members telling people to put their mask up repeatedly. Um, so if you're not listening, someone else will tell you. <laughs> so. And I feel like they were probably, like I feel most people were 95% compliant voluntarily. Like, like, like I said, when Chris got called out, it wasn't intentional. He was like, oh, right away, sorry, and put it back on. And I think for a lot of people, it was that. Like what Christian was talking about, it was reminders and stuff. You know, there were people grumbling about it. You could tell there were people who, in their everyday life, don't wear masks or maybe don't believe that they're necessary. However, I think every, the it's known. If you are coming here, this is what's expected of you. So don't spend your money to go if you're not. Like, I'm not going to argue the merits of masks. That's not what I, that's not my, my plan or my goal. Um, but if you're an anti-masker, you don't want to go to somewhere where they're making you wear masks because you're not going to get away with it. They're, you know, you might hear and there, but they're enforcing it strictly. So like, I'm coming from an area where we have pretty low numbers. We have kept things mostly in control. Um, masks are mandatory everywhere. I can't go to a restaurant without giving them contact information and then doing a COVID questionnaire. Um, so I feel if, I felt as safe there as I do at home. That speaks volumes. And I would be honest because I was extremely anxious. There was more than once that we thought about canceling before we went. We just thought, is this the right thing to do? Um, now that we've done it, if it wasn't for the whole Canada problem of like flying and, and quarantining and all of that, we we would go more often. We're already planning on going in March. Yeah, my definition of the Canada problem is not the same as yours. No, it's not. Your your definition of Canada problem is a big photo of me. Exactly. <laughs> it's not a Canada problem, right? <laughs> what else? What else do we want folks to know? Anything that we've missed? Uh, there's probably 10 things we'll think of after we're done. But this is what I want to say. I want to say if you feel um, if you feel safe in doing so, Disney's got your back. Um, I don't want to make the decision for anybody to tell them that they should or should not travel. I think it's a very indi individual decision. Um, but looking at Kristen and I, where Kristen's out with, you know, doing sports with the kids and, and they've got a whole, we live very different lives um, as far as our, um, I don't know what you would call it, our, the way that we deal with COVID on our daily basis. Your tolerance level. For our tolerance levels. That's a good way to put it. Exactly. Whereas we're, I'm barely leaving the house. Um, if I can feel comfortable, um, I think most people could. And I also would say, stop listening to everybody. I've seen, I think the more people that are out of work in the travel industry, the more travel bloggers we're seeing. 
Um, and I get it. There's some fantastic ones out there. Um, but I think everybody has an agenda. And like I said, I took three pictures standing in one spot and they told three very different stories. So do your research, do your homework. Um, don't just see one picture and decide, oh, that's not going to work for me. Um, if you're comfortable, I'm telling you, Disney's got you. It's they still a great you. time. We still, I mean, we had a fantastic time. And there, it still can have a wonderful experience. There were things missing. There weren't fireworks. Um, you know, there wasn't a parade. But there was, there was extra magic in, in other things that we found. I found there was more time for spontaneity. It, what, they weren't fast passes that we booked 60 days ahead. Um, we didn't make dining reservations at 180 days out. Um, so there was more room for that. Um, we found lots of magic in different ways. And I have to tell you, as a frequent park visitor, um, being able to be in the parks where people are six feet away from me and being at 25, 35% capacity, whatever they're saying it is, even if it's 50%, that's a plus. That's what we pay for hard ticket events for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so that is a huge, huge plus. So I don't know. It was, it was probably one of my best trips in a while. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. So I think I know Kristen's answer, but I'll let her go first. Are you guys going to go back? Do you feel like going back? I know you're coming here in a couple of days or tomorrow, right? Yep. I'll be there tomorrow. And I've been there. I was there at the beginning of December as well. And then probably be back in March after this. So, yep. And no qualms about taking your kids worried about your kids or anybody else, your, your husband or anybody in your family. No, no. Um, like, like she said, I, I'm, I've changed a little bit. I'm being a germaphobe. I was the least person, least amount of person to be scared of things, but now like, um, you know, I just never even was scared of germs, but now I'm like totally a different, I've got a different perspective. My mind has shifted a little bit, but I'm still, um, My kids go to school full-time, five days a week. Um, So I definitely um, don't have any apprehension about taking them. And maybe that sounds irresponsible for me. It just depends on the perspective that you have. So I agree, a thousand percent. Um, Just to sort of be in that, you know, tie on to what you just said, I've never been a germaphobe. I'm okay with, I think you should get sick. I'm one of those people who I believe it helps you and builds your immunity. This is a different beast. Right. And we have to be respectful of what it can do. Yes. And it made me look at things differently than I never have before. Like when I was sitting at the airport that first time I traveled, I've never actually thought about where I sat or, and then it made me just think of the ways that other people think of, of germs, (laughs) which I've never had before. (laughs) Like just. She means now she understands me more how I. (laughs) I understand. I understand Tracy a little bit more. Like, when they bring something family style to a table and I'm like, I don't, I usually I just dive right in and not even think. And now I'm like, Oh, should I touch things? I, I don't know how to touch things. And it's shifted my mind, but I'm also different, still different as far as like I send my kids to school. So it's just totally different mind. I mean, it's just have, you have to be of the mindset, I guess. I don't know. Tracy, what about you? Are you going back? Oh yeah. We're planning, we're planning on all going back in March. Um, and like I said, if it wasn't for the issue with the flying, um, and it's just more of an ordeal flying from where I am in the quarantine, we would have no qualms of going back. If I was within, if I was spending the winter in Florida this year, I would have no problem going to the parks on a regular basis. Um, I would like to, um, say that I take credit for Kristen being more of a germaphobe now. I feel like it can only help her and her family. And... (laughs) Has she made you less of a germaphobe? No. <laughs> it's made me think I've been planning, I've been practicing my whole life for this. <laughs> and I'm glad you're all coming along. <laughs> yes. And there's certain things that I enjoy about it that, I mean, heck, even in the lines, even though they appear longer, I enjoy not having the people on top of me. And I've never in a million years even cared. And now I'm like, this is kind of nice. And uh, it's it's crazy. So... Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, well, thank you guys very much for sharing your experience. Um, we did a show previously where we talked about um, booking your trip to Walt Disney World and what the current um, 
guidelines are for bookings. I think you guys want to remind folks um, what the current situation is if they want to book a trip. To Go ahead, well, you just did the research. I can't remember the date of the expiration. So right now they are um, waiving the policy. You uh, you still have to pay for thirty or have your final payment thirty days in advance, but before check in. But uh, cancellation is different. Tracy, you take that over because I know you know the expiration date and I don't. Right. So what they're doing now is they're actually allowing you to cancel or change up until check in date, and it's expiring that at this point is April thirtieth, twenty one. So if you're arriving anytime before April 30th, 21, you have up until check-in date to cancel or change your date without penalty. Um, and in some cases, they're extending the final payment due date to seven days, but that's very iffy. It's not really a written rule. So we're finding conflicting information on that part of it, um, but they are allowing the cancel and refund up until April 30th. So it's still your $200 deposit conversion package. Um, I think I mentioned on a previous show, that there are a lot of um, good offers and availability for this spring. If you're thinking about a last minute trip, I think we're definitely noticing, uh, we're seeing two things happen. We're seeing people book the end of the year because they think, okay, this is going to be all over. And we're seeing people book very short term within 60 days because they feel good about where they're at right now. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, the sort of September through December timeframe people are comfortable traveling. Yes. We're definitely seeing those bookings and we're seeing, you know, cruise and all the other stuff too. It's the time before that people are still iffy. So I'm glad you guys could sort of give us some information about how you felt during your trip. And I hope folks take away from that. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. I appreciate you guys being here and participating in it. And I apologize for looking off the screen, but I'm trying to do something. There we go. Thank you, everybody at home for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation.